0: Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. I started gardening when my kids were fairly young. My youngest was in kindergarten, but my oldest was already a freshman in high school. My mom, however, had my brother and I in the garden when we were still in preschool. In fact, that cover photo for this episode is my brother and I in our backyard garden in Colorado. Now, I don't remember a whole lot of specific things about being in the garden, but I do remember snippets. The joy of pulling something whole and edible from the dirt, the fun of being in the sunshine and getting dirty with mom's approval to get dirty, and the satisfaction of eating something I could say I grew, even if I didn't really do much of the actual work of growing it. Sitting on my back porch, dipping rhubarb in a bowl of sugar, and munching on that sweet and sour snack is a very vivid memory, and that rhubarb came from the plants in our garden. You know, I feel strongly that everyone should grow a little bit of something for themselves. And I feel just as strongly about children getting into the garden. But, like with everything, it can be difficult to get children engaged and keep them involved, especially when so many other things are vying for their very short attention spans. And even though I didn't get started super young with my own kids, I've helped many customers plan garden spaces for theirs, and my grandkids are starting to learn now, too. So today I'm gonna walk you through some tips for how to plan out a vegetable garden specifically for young children, what plants to include or maybe not include, and some advice about how to keep them coming back for more garden time with the parents or the grandparents. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen. I started gardening years ago in a small corner of my suburban backyard, then moved to a five-acre lot outside city limits and expanded that garden to half an acre. What started as a way to provide for my family turned into a love for digging in the dirt and providing for others. Slowly, my husband and I built our small homestead into a 40-acre market farm through lots of trial and error and successes and failures. Eventually, I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture, and along the way, I discovered there is power in food. So I want to share everything I've learned with as many people as possible. This podcast is all about helping you become a better gardener and a better eater. Whether you're a seasoned gardener or have never grown a thing in your life, I want to give you the knowledge you need to get the biggest and best harvest you can. Along the way, we'll talk about the food and agriculture issues that affect all of us and dig into topics that many of us may not be aware of. So, settle in, grab that garden journal, and get ready to just grow something. So, first, I want to say a quick hello to my newest listeners in Russia and Hungary. Thank you for joining the Just Grow Something family. Second, I want you all to know that I'll be making some changes over the next few weeks to the benefit levels over on Patreon. If you feel like you get a lot of valuable information out of this podcast and you've thought about supporting the show monetarily, Patreon is a fantastic way to do it if you have no interest in shopping with any of the show sponsors or affiliates. There are levels over there starting at just $2 a month, which buys me a precious cup of coffee. And the $5 levels and above are packed with all kinds of great benefits. I will be adding a new benefit to the $5 and above levels and rearranging some of the others. So now's the time to get in there and check it out. As soon as you join, you get access to all the past benefit posts, audio, and videos, depending on your level, and there is a whole lot more coming this year. So you can head to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething to check it out, and the link to that will be in the show notes. And finally, for those of you who want more info from me on a periodic basis, you have a couple of ways to get that. One is to sign up for the newsletter over on the website, and the other is to check out the articles on the website. The newsletter is just getting going, but it will be filled with lots of useful information, and the articles are going up weekly now with information about some of the things we've talked about on the show, and some additional topics, too. I know some people just absorb information better when they can hear it, and then they can read it, and so I hope the articles and the newsletter will fill that need. The website address is justgrowsomethingpodcast.com, and I will link to that in the show notes as well. Now, let's talk about getting those kiddos into the garden. I think one of the things that we have problems with sometimes um, as adults, gardeners uh, who have small kids, is it's kind of difficult to work on a task with toddlers hanging around. <laughs> you know, even the younger elementary school kids can often sort of be in the way. Um, and oftentimes the young ones want to help, but they don't know how to do it, or they want to do it themselves without any help, and you know, our gardens can sort of end up being destroyed. This is where planting them their own garden and giving them their own space can absolutely come in handy I mean of course they get the benefits of getting outdoors they get the sunshine they get the fresh air they get exercise they also get more benefits you know of understanding where their food is coming from and they're more likely to eat what they've had a hand in preparing whether that's in the garden or in the kitchen I'm sure you've seen that yourself so one of the keys to setting up a children's garden is to set it up to where it's their space, but it's not a ton of extra work for you because as a parent of young children or a grandparent of young children, you don't need any extra work, <laughs> but you also want to make it enjoyable for the child. Otherwise, it they're just not going to take any interest in it and they're not going to keep coming back. So, um... I've kind of gone through and broken this down into different sections to give you an idea of of how to go about actually planning and implementing a children's garden. So the first thing would be to pick the space. And really the possibilities on this are endless. You can use small tubs. You can build small individual raised beds or or one single bed that's just for them. Um, Maybe just portion off a small section of an in-ground plot. Um, You can just use several pots or even buckets. Just be flexible. Work with whatever you have. Um, If you are short on space, again, you know, small pots and, and buckets, but you can also use those vertical towers. That can be fun for kids, too, because there's kind of a novelty of growing things higher up, and it will also save you some space. You can also think about making a sort of teepee for them out of poles, Um, or trellises for peas or pole beans to climb. If you've got the space for this, kids love trellises that go up and over that they can kind of hang out under. And if you've got green beans or sugar snap peas or something growing on that, then they can just sit underneath there and pick the beans or the peas to eat while they're under there. (laughs) Um, For most of the spaces, though, you want to go small. You want to make sure that you keep it easy for little people to work in with fewer plants and less potential for overwhelm when it comes to their tasks. As they get older, if you want to continue looking at maybe adding an additional pot the next year or increasing their space, then that's perfect. But for the starter, just go small. But let it be their space. Let them decorate it if it's feasible. You know, if you're using containers, pick brightly colored containers, or if you're building a raised bed, let them paint it into bright colors. Um, Let them use stickers. Go to the dollar store and get those little plaques that have butterflies and veggies or pictures of garden fairies or something on them and let them stick them all in their garden area. Um, You can also let them paint rocks to use as plant markers for when they plant their things. Make it fun. Make it their space. And if you don't actually have an outdoor space, that's not a problem either. There is plenty of opportunity for little ones to get in the garden, or get in the dirt really, um, if you have a porch, or a balcony, or even just a sunny window. The important thing really isn't the volume of what you grow together, it's just the possibility of growing something. So even if it's one pot of herbs on the windowsill, and they get to pick a few of those leaves to throw in their salad, well it's still something that they got to grow. Now, the second piece of advice I have is to give them their own tools. Kid-sized garden tools can actually help make it easier for them to get into the garden and dig in the dirt. Um, They're sized just right for their hands, and it kind of gives them a sense of ownership. These are my things. This is what I get to use when I go into my garden. You can just do the simple things a hand trowel uh, a small bucket that they can use for either carrying soil back and forth or for pulling their own weeds um, a small watering can something that's easy for them to lift and use but doesn't hold a volume of water that's going to ruin anything if they actually spill it all onto the plant um, those fabric hoses that shrink down when they're not in use and that, that grow Uh, larger when they are in use are really fun for kids and it's usually if you get the smaller ones they're light enough for them to carry themselves. Um, Small rakes their own little harvest basket even a little pair of gardening shoes or clogs. It doesn't have to be elaborate you know cheap and simple is definitely the way to go but again it gives them some sense of ownership and it also makes it easier for them to be able to work in the garden and I mean let's be honest those things are really stinking cute Another thing that you can do also is, is consider giving them a space to rest in their garden area, a child-sized seat or a bench or just some sort of a spot where they can plop down and, and enjoy themselves. Just taking in the sights and the sounds of their garden is a really good idea. And As a matter of fact, that's a really good idea for us as adult gardeners as well, just sitting and taking it all in instead of constantly doing something, but even more so for our little pint-sized gardeners. So once you've gotten through these couple of things, then the next thing to do is to pick the veggies or the fruits that you plan to grow. I recommend starting with easy-to-grow, kid-friendly stuff or things that you know that they already eat. Things like strawberries, lettuce, sweet peas, or even shelling peas, uh, green beans, carrots, and cherry tomatoes. Those are all kid favorites that are really easy to grow and will often give you multiple harvests. Now, if you have a kid like me, my middle daughter loved broccoli um, when she was growing up. But broccoli isn't necessarily the easiest thing to grow. It takes a good amount of space in the garden, and it is slow. So something like that, even if your kid loves broccoli or something slow growing like that, it may not be the best choice for a first-time garden. So try to stick to the things that Are faster growing um, or that are you know small easy for little hands to just kind of grab and go you can also do it based like on a theme do you want to do like an ABC garden and plant things in rows according to the alphabet Um, what about foods for a specific favorite dish something that they eat or ask you to make all the time can you grow some of the components for that Um, You can do a pizza garden where you, you know, divide a round planting area into pie slices and then plant something in each one of those that goes on pizza. You know, tomatoes, basil, oregano, peppers, whatever. Um, Do they have a favorite book that maybe has some sort of a food or fruit and veggie component? Or maybe planting fruits and vegetables that are all the same color or that are planted in a row to make a rainbow? Have fun with it. Let them tell you what they want to grow and how they want to grow it. I would recommend starting with something that you as the gardener are familiar with. This is gonna lessen the chances of a lot of disappointment from crop failure. You know, if you jump in with both feet and you try to start growing things that you've never grown before either, It's very easy for kids to sort of get disenfranchised with it with just one failure, especially when they're really little. So maybe start with something that you know something about. This is also a great lesson for the kids about weather and climate. If your kid loves oranges, (laughs) but you live in Minnesota, that would be a good time to explain about temperature variations and how some things can't grow in all places. It's another lesson for figuring out where their food comes from. And they can understand that, hey, you know, these oranges come from someplace that is much warmer than than where we live. And they can start to understand that not everything is available all the time. Now, when you're making the decision about what to grow, you're going to want to take into consideration the amount of time that you'll have to dedicate to this. Now, you know, yes, you need to take into consideration your main garden. You know, how much time are you spending in there and and how much time do you have to dedicate to a smaller garden? Because let's be honest, you know, if especially if you're talking about toddlers, preschoolers, but even the younger elementary school kids, they aren't going to be the ones doing all of the work. You're going to have to be out there doing it too, so take that into consideration. Um, also, think about work and school schedules, summer activities, activities for the older siblings. Just, you know, any summer vacation you're going to take if you have to leave, how is it going to be maintained? So give that some thought, you know, while you're in the planning stages. Um, and when you're picking out the varieties or the or the types of, of fruit and veggie that you, that you want to grow or that the kids want to grow, Also think about including some things that are very fragrant, um, like herbs specifically. Engage more of those senses. Um, The same thing goes with some flowers, things that are brightly colored. And then consider planting things that mature quickly and then some that require a little bit more time. You're going to get the best of both worlds at that point you'll have some instant gratification for little hands to finally grab and go do something with and they won't have a tendency to get as bored if they see some action going on in the garden and they can actually get their hands on something but then also those things like tomatoes cherry tomatoes um, that may take a little bit longer you'll still see growth you'll still see some, you know part of the the plant life cycle but it may not be something that they can do something with right away. That'll teach them some patience um, and a little bit of, uh, again, about the plant life cycle. And, uh, but having those instant gratification ones will keep them engaged. once you've figured out what they want to grow in the garden now it's time to choose the actual varieties of those fruits and veggies Um, you know a lot of the time again i recommend smaller sized varieties that are perfect for little hands and for smaller spaces if you are keeping this garden you know small (laughs) Um, brightly colored fruits and veggies are very engaging for kids again talking about using um, flowers in that instance too edible ones would even be great Um, you know, strawberries, strawberries in containers or in beds are always a kid favorite. Just know that they take some time to get established. They're not going to produce as much if they are in some sort of a pot or container, but it's still something that the kids can, you know, grab and just immediately pop in their mouth. Um, other varieties like actual varieties that are good for small containers or pots or buckets Little Gem Lettuce is a good one. It stays nice and compact. Um, There are three varieties that I get from Johnny Seeds that we grow every year. They are artisan bib lettuces and romaine lettuces. They stay nice and small. They grow very quickly. I know the names are um, Siegel Lane and Rosane, and I can't remember the other one, but I'll put a link in the show notes to those. Um, But they are very fast growing, and they're small. They're tiny. Um, so they're good for small spaces Um, you can consider um, parisian carrots they grow more like a radish they're round and they don't need a really deep growing space so if you're growing in containers or in small pots these are perfect and they're just sort of fun and interesting there's something different than a carrots that the kids would normally um, be used to seeing little marvel is a shell pea variety that's really suitable for small pots and containers and then when we get into the cherry tomatoes, you've got sweetheart and tiny tim. Those can be grown in very small pots. And then salad bush and pickle bush cucumbers can also be grown in smaller containers, and they are kind of good kid-sized snacks that they can grab straight from the garden. All of these varieties also can be grown in larger containers as well. Um, you know, the the more space they have, obviously, the bigger they're going to get but if you're looking to really contain the size or you're just doing a couple of pots, those are some really good varieties to choose from. Um, If you're looking at flowers, flowers that the kids can eat or that can be tossed into salads um, like pansies and nasturtium, those are really good. You can also choose really brightly colored ones that are very engaging, um, like sunflowers and zinnias. Those can also be cut and like brought into the house. And then you can also have fun roasting sunflower seeds or feeding them to the birds and the squirrels. Um, they're all also pretty easy to grow without a lot of care, and they can sort of enhance the garden. And again, those bright colors and the you know, the big heads of the sunflowers and all the bees and stuff that are attracted to the zinnias are fun for kids to engage with. And then for some fast-growing varieties, Maestro and Sugarbon are fast-growing snap pea varieties, and so you'll get a harvest fairly quickly out of those. And any kind of radish can be mature to eat in usually less than three weeks. And, and, of course, this depends on if your kiddo likes that sort of spiciness that goes along with radishes. But those are fun. They're super fast. And you can grow them in between the carrots. So while they're waiting for the carrots to do something, they can be harvesting the radishes. And then lettuce And any leafy green, really, will be ready within a few weeks at the baby stage. And those can be picked pretty quickly. If you don't want to do head lettuces, the loose leaf lettuces also grow very, very quickly. And they can just be picking a few at a time instead of having to harvest a whole head. And that is pretty engaging for them as well. And then green onions. Green onions can be fun. Um, In this instance, I always say grow them from sets. The little bulbs that you get in the garden center... You can plant those very shallowly and all right next to each other. And almost immediately, you will start to get green sprouts out of the top. And this is, kids love this because it's like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden there's this green growth. And they can even pinch it off and start eating it right away. Like if you have really impatient little kids, green onions uh, from the bulbs are great. And they can con- continue to harvest off of them you know, all season long until they've sort of expired their energy. So it's something that can be picked in between when other things maybe aren't ready yet. So then once you've figured out the varieties that you want to grow, it's time to make the plan. And I do recommend making a plan for a children's garden the same way that you would draw out yours. Um, draw out the space figure out measure it you know figure out how many plants of each variety can fit plan your succession plantings your interplantings. plan your early and mid and late season crops just the same way that you would with yours just on a smaller scale um, incorporate the mulch the compost the whole nine yards treat it the same way that you do yours so that you know you really want this to get the best growth and get off to the best start as possible because you really want your kids to, to be engaged with this. So um, they'll keep coming back if they see that there's actually something happening. And these are all tasks that they absolutely can be helping with. They can help draw the plan. You know, if you've got a piece of graph paper and you're drawing it out, give them a piece of paper and let them draw it out. Let them show you how they think the garden should go. Um, Just be sure to keep your measurements in mind and account for those larger plants like squash or vining things like cucumbers and just plant and plan accordingly. So speaking of drawing out the plans, once you get these plans going and you get the plants uh, planted into the garden or you start your seeds and everything else Um, then it's kind of a waiting game usually, right? I mean, yes, there's things that you need to do on a daily basis. You know, there's weeding and there's watering, and the kids are going to want to initially be out there checking every single day. But how do you keep them engaged? There inevitably is going to be some sort of a waiting period um, for things to actually be ready. The first thing to do is to incorporate tending the garden into their daily outdoor activities and their routine. Just like us, anything new that we start to do, we need to do consistently in order to make it a habit. And then once you make it a habit, it's just like second nature. You just go and you do it. If you do that with kids in the garden, hey, you know, it's 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 you know after lunch or it's before nap time or it's after nap time or whatever, we're gonna go spend our 15 minutes in the garden. After a while, it just becomes a habit. And then they'll start reminding you more than likely, hey, you know, it's it's time to go get out in the garden, which is, I mean, that's a good thing to happen, right? The other thing you can do is to keep the garden theme going with books or coloring sheets, um, games that are garden-themed or even farm-themed. Have them draw pictures of their garden and what they think their pots are going to look like when they're full-grown or what their harvest is going to look like. You can also have them help you plan menus and find recipes based on what they've planted in their garden. Uh, A lot of homeschool families already get this concept. You don't plan your your lesson plan around like one, one single activity. You incorporate everything else that you're doing around that idea. Gardening is a great way to engage with kids and work on a lot of different skills no matter their age. Math, plant science, biology, patience, (laughs) you know. um, So I'm going to go ahead and throw a link or several links in the show notes to some resources for all of these different things, the books and coloring sheets and that kind of stuff that you can use to kind of help keep the young ones engaged. And then if you've got older kids, involve the older siblings. You know, let the older ones work with the young ones in the children's garden, maybe while you're working in your garden or switch it around. Let the older ones you know, take on a task that you need to do in your garden while you focus on the littles. Um, the younger siblings love to mimic their older ones, so this can actually be a great experience for all of them, at least mimicking a good behavior and not maybe uh, one that you um, don't necessarily want them mimicking. <laughs> Understand, though, you know, there's going to be days when the youngest ones just don't want anything to do with the garden. I mean, come on, there's days when I don't want anything to do with my garden. So, of course, there's going to be some days where it's, you know, nobody wants to do it. Um, It happens a lot, especially with the long-term plants that, that take a while to produce something edible. That's okay. Don't force it. Or just remind them, You know, the consequences of what happens when you don't water your garden, you know, often enough or you let the weeds go. Um, If they're still not interested for a day or two or if they actively lose interest while you guys are outside, don't sweat it. You know, this is supposed to be a fun, engaging, and healthy experience. Just keep the habit in place. You know, it's, hey, it's our 15 minutes to go outside, even if they don't do anything out in the garden, even if they're just sitting, you know, this is where that kid-sized bench comes in handy, and let them watch you go out there and do the work and just keep inviting them to go with you. You know, and if you can add things out there that will get them to participate at least in something, maybe not the actual gardening, but you know, having them painting stepstones or filling a bird bath or something, that can kind of take the pressure off of them to feel like they're being forced to do something. That's not what we want. We want this to be, you know, an inviting and a healthy time for them. We want this to be a habit that they develop and they keep and uh, take with them as they, as they get older. You know, besides the obvious benefits that, you know, of just being outside and developing an understanding of where their food comes from, you know, I love the empowerment aspect of growing food. So even the littlest gardener can appreciate looking down on their plate and saying, hey, I grew this you know, even if you actually throw it. But aside from that, there are a plethora of other benefits for kids. You're helping them engage all of their senses, their sight and touch and smell and sound. Those experiences are helping them grasp those underlying concepts of math and science and engaging them with their natural world. And especially for littler kids, it's also helping them develop those fine motor skills. Seeds are tiny, you know, weeds are easier to pull when they're small, and picking berries off of a vine requires some focus. That's all really good practice for their dexterity. And of course, it's also encouraging that healthy eating. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know how to grow a Twinkie in the garden. So if they're eating what they're growing, they're developing some really good healthy eating habits. And all these benefits are happening while they're engaging with you and other members of the family in an activity together, you know. And it's also teaching them responsibility and patience and helping them learn uh, to take care of their environment. I just really think that even 15 minutes a day in the garden with them will reap so many benefits and more that I've even probably talked about here. And I'll bet that more often they're in the garden with you the more they're going to want to be out there with you, right? And you just really can't beat that. So thanks for listening today. If you're planning a children's garden, use the links in the show notes to tag me on social media. When you do, I would love to see what you and your littles have going on. And feel free to send me any questions you may have along the way. I'll see you in the garden you just finished another episode of the just grow something podcast for more information about today's topic head on over to justgrowSomethingpodcast.com for all the episodes show notes blog posts discount codes and more don't forget to sign up for the newsletter while you're there you can also head to facebook and join a community of other gardeners asking questions and sharing their experiences in the just grow something gardening friends facebook group and if you want to support this show even further, head to patreon.com justgrowsomething to find out how. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning, keep growing, and we'll talk again soon.